Finance for hippies, teeth swag and ducky. Finance for hippies, teeth swag and ducky. Flyness. How do you become fly? Is it the clothes that you wear? Hmm. Is it the people you associate with? Some say it's what you consume, what you drink. Uh, uh, uh. Red Bull would say it's what they provide. Uh, uh. It's the caffeine that lifts you up. My man Awolf would say that's why he's flying on his cover to the moon, uh. elevating. Uh. Finance for hippies, episode something. That's what's up. That was a horrible intro. Bro, uh, But I pulled it off, you know. Yo, the confidence yo, yo, will yo, take yo, me yo. through. We, like, like, yeah, you know, this is how we usually do um, to any, to our audience. I'm ashamed of my co-host, as always. He's uh, botched up our intro, as always. But, you know, this is how we roll here. This is how I'm here for the show. I bring stability. I bring real flyness. Um, and, yeah, we've got um, an amazing guest as well. Um, you know, I think if you follow our show, you know that, you know, we out here we got a little underground rap career we dropped a mixtape but now we, we brought you guys like a real rapper for sure you know a real a real like the real thing you know not the done not the, this guy <laughs> sitting next to me we brought the real thing today the Durban originator the, you know you know sure. you know Ndaki yesterday he said something actually quite interesting and and I'd love our guests to touch on this when I've introduced him he called you the boozy of Durban <laughs> I I said no. From what I see, you run uh, Durban like Boozy run runs Atlanta. Like you run Durban like Boozy runs. So so basically, um, just to give you a little bit of credentials for our guests, you know, um, we we got A One Wolf, A One Wolf. Ducky, give us give, give us a wolf howl, bro. Oh, that's we got A One Wolf out here. Uh, you know, he's he's. he's this is Mr. Wolfpack. You know, this is Mr. You know, we've seen him with Ache with Red Bull. We've seen him with Bacardi. We've seen him do some interesting work with Spotify. We've seen him on One Mic on SABC. Um, you know, he, we've seen him behind the Durban Creative Awards. Um, he used to be one of the founders of the warehouse. Hey, well, now, I can't keep going, bro. I can't keep going. This is too much. Your rap sheet is too much. And we've just seen you do some amazing things for the culture. We've seen you evolve your career. A1 Wolf, bro, welcome to Finance for Hippies, bro. For sure. Thank you for having me. Away, 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 bro. You know, um, I've told a lot of these guys here, I know that again, that, you know, I used to know you back in the day. Um, None of them believe me, but I'm happy that finally, you know, 10 years later, a decade in, we got you here, bro. We got you here. How are you, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. And you guys, how you guys doing? No, we're solid. We're solid, man. Uh, we found it appropriate to bring in uh, a good old Red Bull to the studio. Uh, yeah. Something, uh, a brand that you've had. Uh, a, so it seems a very good relationship uh, yeah. going, for, going back for a while now. Tell us a bit about, uh, you know, that type of relationship how you managed to keep it so long lasting. How do you, uh, you know, make such relationships grow? Um, I mean, the key to making relationships grow, especially with brands, is find a brand or work with brands that you can relate with and have a similar um, brand alignment as you. So in terms of vision and mission statement, so Red Bull has been an easy brand to align with because they very much... um, 
embodied all the different types of aspects that I, that I embody. Because even during the different phases of my career, which I think we'll discuss throughout this thing at some point, hmm. they've always related at some level. Um, when I had my turn-up phase, when I was wild in the clubs, club scene, whatever, they were there. They have some kind of active imprint there um, because they catered for what I was about at that time, which is more of an alternative uh, artist, an alternative musician that kind of broke boundaries. So they fitted in. Now that I'm more active in terms of like positive health, uh, health lifestyle uh, brand, they're still in that space as well. They're very much about health and activity and making sure people are physically active and engaging in activities that, you know, are good for them. So mm. as a brand, it's just been a natural progression. And with everything, like any brand that you work with, like the brands that, that, that I haven't had longstanding relationships with have been transactional. And when you have a transactional relationship where it's just about you giving me this amount of money and I will do A, B, and C for you, that don't, generally, they, they, they never last. Because for the brand's yeah. perspective as well, they can just move on to the next guy who's hot or anyone else that's at that time willing to take their check mm. and can give them what they want. So it, 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 it's not, it's, it can never be longstanding. Um, so you have to be aware of what kind of relationships you're trying to build and which brands you're trying to build with because at some point you might not be hot. At some point that brand might not be fitting with what you're trying to do. So at some point you're going to separate ways and then you're going to have to try and start up something new with someone else. And then it's not so easy to start up something new with someone else when you've already got this stamp on yourself with another brand. Mm. So people need to think always longevity in terms of long, the long game. Because if, if, if now I've been having a good relationship with Red Bull all this time and I decided to take a check from Monster, I'll give an example. This happened to me. Monster came at some point and they were offering money, straight up money. Uh, the friends I was with at that time took the money. I would have taken the money as well, my man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. But yeah. this, this is the principle I'm trying to like teach. And it, it, yeah. it, I said no. I turned it down because Monster at that time, they, they, a game was let's get all the guys that Red Bull has, whatever. Let's just, and let's beat Red Bull by giving money because guys want money. Yeah. I, I said no. You know, for what Red Bull has and the culture that Red Bull has, there's a lot more to benefit from Red Bull on the long game versus taking a check now. But if I, if, if I jump to monster, Red Bull's not going to like, can I swear on the show? Oh, yeah, hell sure. yeah. Okay. Red Bull's not going to fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a matter of you're going to burn a bridge that's solid, stable, and has gotten you to a lot of places and will get you to a lot of places in the future for a short term, uh, bridge that to just take you one place, only one place. Mm. So you need to, so you need to decide where you're going. It's like this one's easier. This one looks much more lucrative. The other bridge is longer, maybe like a long road to get to where you want to be. But when you get there, you still have plenty more options. This mm. one's leading to an island, so it's like, and the island is just this quick check. Because I was like, I need I need to look at what both brands 
have in terms of a long game. And yeah. I just weighed up the two and I was like, as well, I wasn't a believer in what Monster was selling or pushing it at that time as well. So it was yeah. also an ethical thing because this the I, I, I'm a person who's aware of what they put into their drinks as well. So at least I, I knew the Red Bull had options I could consume myself. I wouldn't consume Monster. So yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> So it's not something I would consume. So like, am I going to now sell myself to check something I can't even use myself? For sure. So there are a lot of considerations, but it worked out in my benefit at the end of the day because those same guys who jumped onto the monster check didn't get even half of the promises the monster had offered at that, at that time. Monster had gone mm. through a lot of changes. I don't know if it's changed now, but at that time, it was very volatile. Like they were making promises to everybody. They were planning A, B, and C, and then things changed. So it's like, it didn't work out for any of those guys. Whereas yeah. for me in Red Bull, I was getting gigs from Red Bull. I, like even when I wasn't trying to gig, when I didn't want to gig, I was still getting gigs from Red Bull through my venue. For sure. Do you know what I'm saying? That relationship was still longstanding. They gave me yeah. like the whole sound system worth a million for the warehouse for free. For sure. Slow down. Ducky doesn't know those numbers. Just slow down. Those are big numbers. He's, he's still, he's still processing. I like to associate the show with uh, big numbers. <laughs> look, look, man, to, to be honest, obviously we had some kind of structure of certain things yeah, um, that we wanted to touch on. And I still really want to actually delve into a bit more into um, just how you've maneuvered yourself as a brand and how you've maneuvered with brand partnerships. Um, but one thing that I... I've always appreciated just about watching even your career evolve is, is your thinking. And you've always been hustling and trying to work and get money. You know what I'm saying? Um, from, from the varsity days, you know, when, you know, I could touch, touch base with you a little bit um, more often at that time. Where, where did that mentality come from? You know, just to want to get money for yourself and empower yourself, um, yeah, where, where did that come from? If I were to interject, I think uh, because we're so money-focused, we mm. didn't really start at the top, you know, going to who is mm. anyone. I think we already went to the bag. That's how we focused. That's what we're trying to bring <laughs> to the people. But let's touch on the person, okay. the man, the wolf, anyone. Who is anyone? Quick, uh, you know, you've as we discussed Earlier, you've had a very healthy, long career with many groups. Tell us how you evolved quickly to where you find yourself now. Okay. Um, I think I'll answer it in two parts, just so I can also answer um, Teat Swag's <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the, the journey as Aeon Wolf is like, started in high school with Sketchy Bongo uh, in studio. Uh, he was a kid that I picked up that said he makes beats. And at that time I used to, I started a thing called a hip hop club at, at my school. Cause I was a hip hop fan, super hip hop fan. And there were not a lot of hip hop fans back then at all. So when you find one, you made sure you had a connection. So I started a hip hop club in my school. And then this kid came through and he was like, yo, I make beats. Um, and he gave me like a CD, but he only had house beats on it. <laughs> And that was Sketchy Bongo. And I was like, uh, can you make hip-hop beats? They yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't have them on me. So I was like, okay, cool. So hook me up when you get them. Where do you live? And I found out he lives not too far from where I stayed. So that, 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 that 
collaboration started because we were like literally two kids interested in hip hop. And I was like, just for me, hip hop was like a lifestyle thing. I just doing it because I love it. Like, I don't know mm. if you guys have that same belief system. Bro, we, we dropped the mixtape, bro. I think we got like six streams, but it matters, bro. <laughs> yeah. It matters, bro. We so dropped like the tape about thing. money, bro. Yeah, it's like a love thing. So it's fine, me, bro. It's beautiful. In, in high school, that's where it started. Uh, and then Tuco started the group thing uh, with Tuco, the, the, the guy that introduced myself and in T-Swag. Uh, brought him in because he was also one of the guys who loved hip-hop and he was my friend. And he loved also rapping and freestyling. And we used to freestyle and cypher all the time and talk about hip-hop and debate. I think T-Swag has been caught in a, a couple of our debates on... A lot like, of those, bro. A lot of AD those, bro. versus Nas. Wild. Ooh, cannabis, who won the cannabis and our Cool J battle, like all yeah. those things. Like we just, like we're always talking hip hop. And so that always developed. And then the group became three. We added another guy named Dawood. Then we like, were a group called Silverback. Dawood fell away. At some point we used to freestyle at the, at what's this thing? The terminals. The workshop. workshop. So at the terminals at the workshop, like that, that siphon, the cypher culture, we used to cypher a lot there. It was real uh, then, bro. We, we met other guys as well. There's like a guy named Ballistic. There's a guy named Abduce. Sure. Uh, Abduce became an artist that was actually pretty big uh, All right. at some stage. Or he's still there as well. So like even Abduce was supposed to be a part of the group that I had at that time, Silverback. Like he joined for like a second <laughs> and then he was out again because like, he didn't stay close to us. And unlike the other guys, it was difficult to do anything or actually make music together. Mm. So, so like, the, the group thing we pushed and hustled for as long as we could uh, to the point where Silverback had to change because now we had JR. Like, I'm fast-forwarding. I'm trying to get through. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now we were with JR, working with JR in Joburg. Uh, we went to Joburg to stay with him, and we stayed with him for, like, a little bit, stayed with my family, and we were moving around as well. But, like, for two years, about two years straight, we were in Joburg just hustling under JR. Uh, as his potential artist. And then that didn't work out when we came back because, like, uh, and there's a million reasons why it didn't work out. It wasn't, like, just one. Mm. Um, yeah. So we came we came back, and I was like, you know what? I, I need to do the solo thing. Like, I've been in groups or in a group for so long. Yeah. I need to be responsible for my own career. I need to do like my own thing and not be held back. Cause sometimes it's like you end up hating the people you're in a group with, or you end up having like this thing as it's resentment of people you're in a group with because you yeah. feel like, Hey, if they were nicer in this situation or why did they have to fight with so-and-so they, why did they have to? And you're like, you got this baggage of someone else's life yeah. to yours. So it's like, I don't want to have that resentment for a person that I could I consider my friend. You know what I mean? And yeah, someone yeah. who is like a brother to me. So I was like, you know what? Like, let me not blame anyone else. If anything goes wrong. Let me not have that opportunity to do that and put it on myself. So then I created a one wolf. Mm. So that's when I did a one wolf. And then I came back and then I started working with sketchy bongo again, because at that point we actually stopped. We hadn't been working with, uh, with Sketchy Bong anymore. We're working with Muzi. I don't know if you know Muzi. I know Muzi. I know Muzi. Actually, 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, met him personally about a week ago for the first yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> at the bar. At the bar. Yeah, about a week. <laughs> so uh-huh. he was he was part of WTF, uh, the original WTF, mm. and with Charlie. So Charlie is our other producer. So like, I've been working with them, but then when the whole thing like closed down, with JR was like, okay, cool. Let me go back uh, to Durban, and I had to go back to Durban for family reasons as well. So when I came back here, I hit up Sketchy and I was like, yo, bro. He was like, yo, let's work. And we literally said to ourselves, or he said to himself, like, this is my last year. If nothing happens this year, if we work hard for a whole year and nothing happens, I'm going mm-hmm. into like a normal, regular job. I'm not doing music like this sketchy anymore. the accountant type of thing it's it, it, it i'll just do it for fun i'll do it for you but i'm not trying to like waste yeah. my time with it and i was like cool bro just give me that year let's do it let's push we're gonna push for a year so we started pushing things started working out and after that we then had the whole because i had that group thing in me I, like I love working in a group I, I, I'm a firm believer that when you work together with other people with the right people you can move a lot faster you can do a lot more mm. and it's no point of being selfish and trying to keep things to yourself it's like you can eat more you know what I mean if everyone's trying to keep this one pie yeah. for themselves they're not they're closing themselves to a whole bakery if we yeah. all can like have literally a part to play in that bakery Everybody, you can you can provide the eggs, you can provide whatever you can. And let's just make a lot of pies. You know what I mean? And we can eat all day, as much as we want. So then I started the whole Wolfpack thing uh, with Sketchy, and we started bringing Kyle was someone who I went to 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 school with as well. But I knew I met him at a Red Bull event. Red Bull again. There you go. Yeah. At a Red Bull event, and he was like, uh, "Yo, I was on Idols. I got in the top 30. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know because I wasn't watching Idols at that time. I was like, mm. oh, that's crazy. Bro, you can sing? I knew him as a soccer player. I, like, I literally knew him as a soccer player. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this you can... This is Kyle Douche, right? Yeah, Kyle Dage, yeah. Dage. I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was shocked that he even sang. And then I, I listened to him and I was like, oh, you can sing. You can actually, like, proper sing. So I was like, let's work. Started working with him. Uh, brought him to the studio. Sketchy didn't want to work with him in the beginning. Funny <laughs> story. Sketchy was like, "Nah, this guy. Nah, 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 nah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with him. Like, he needs to, he needs to up his game a little bit." So yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the sketchy feeling. I yeah. Get so I put him on to Charlie, WTF Charlie, and we started working with Kyle Dage with WTF Charlie, and then like when he started like understanding and like started like doing stuff the way sketchy wanted he was like okay no he, he ain't that bad he's actually he's actually, he's actually quite good let it let him come through we can start working with him in the studio so then started making songs then you had like that song with casper with cal dage being made mm. uh at that time like that was like a new that was like a, a new thing mm. uh for artists and we we pretty much pushing all kinds of things like that. Then Back to the Beach became like a super hit. Mm. Then my songs were also starting to blow up. Like I was, well, it all started, technically it all started when I, Gumnandila got playlisted on 5FM. Yeah. 
and I did that song with Cool Cat. So that song opened up so many doors, ridiculous amount of doors, because we were playlisted on 5FM, people were paying attention. Red Bull immediately, because Red Bull knew me at that time, but they were like, yeah. okay, now you got the song, we will put you on these stages. So they started booking us. We started earning money for the first time for those bookings. And it was always A1 Wolf and Sketchy Bongo. Sketchy Bongo was my DJ at that time. So I always used to like, yo, use his name. It's A1 Wolf and Sketchy Bongo. So everything we released, even Group 90 Law was A1 Wolf and Sketchy Bongo. Yeah. And, uh, and we wanted to create a whole DJ character persona for Sketchy Bongo. Sketchy Bongo was actually never supposed to be like a person who goes out into the physical world. He was supposed to be a character. <laughs> <laughs> you guys then, are thinking ahead, man. You guys are thinking different, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that became, like, it developed into what it, what it is now and, like, naturally over time. But it's like, all that stuff was just like, that's, that, like, that's the history. And then um, we did the Wolfpack, then Shikana got involved, the, uh, WTF were part of it, Gemini Major was brought in, all similar ways. Uh, and then even Nasty C was a part of uh, Wolfpack at one stage. Teleman was part of Wolfpack. Uh, mm. Beast was even part of Wolfpack at one stage. It's like mm. the idea was always let's network, work together. I've got these resources. I've got these doors. I've got these people who listen to me. And you guys mm. got talent. Like you guys straight up got talent. So I will do what I can to just make them look at you and pay attention to you or accept something from you or we can help you with, you need a video or you need a beat or you need it to record or anything along those lines. So like mm. that was the principle of the Wolfpack is like we connected by helping each other. So when you get into a position, you also like, hey, please put on A, B and C for my crew or mm. these people as well. So it's like, mm. like when I got on live app, when I got on Live Amp, it was like a big deal because that was the biggest music show in the country. So when I got on Live Amp, I was like, okay, first thing that clicked in my mind was just beyond like getting there and performing. I was like, yo, why you guys haven't put on Cal Dage and Shikana yet? And they're like, uh, oh, we, we, oh, we didn't know that. Oh, we didn't think of it. And they were like honest with me. Like, they didn't think of it. I was like, okay, cool. So, Literally a few weeks later, they aren't performing Back to the Beach and Live Amp on the biggest show in the mm. country, which pushed the song even more into the main market than it, it was. Because like people, it's the same thing when, when radio was, wasn't playing Back to the Beach on like Metro and stuff. Because like we gave, Back to the Beach was given a license to, because this, this was early days. So it was given as a license to Universal. And funny enough, Sketchy will tell you this and he tells the story all the time. They thought Back to the Beach was a throwaway song. True. They really thought it was a throwaway song. They didn't, they, they didn't believe it. Testing Back to the, the market Beach. kind of song. All of, yeah, all of them didn't believe in Back to the Beach. They thought it was just like a throwaway song. So Universal hit them up at that time and it was like, oh, we interested. Uh, and they were like, okay, cool. If you're interested, we'll just give it to you. Like on a license tip, we just license it to you not even thinking twice about it because they were like, let's just see what they do with it and whatever. They did nothing with it. Real talk, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you facts. Like, people can call me out whatever they want. They did mm-hmm. nothing with it, factually. 
because mm. Metro didn't playlist, Gakkasi didn't playlist, uh, 5FM didn't playlist, like all the stations didn't playlist for when Universal had it. But as soon as I, like Sketchy and myself, submitted to those people directly talking to our contacts and our yourselves individually ourselves yes yeah. they playlist right. so it was like that 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 it was like why do people even sign with these labels like that like that's the one the one time i realized like you have to make yourself big for a label to take you serious enough to actually do something for you like you have to be big beforehand like you have to have that buzz or something already going for you for them to take you that serious to do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. So it's like, I get, like, I get so worried when sometimes people sign these deals and they get excited for signing. And it's like, that's, that's not even, don't get excited. <laughs> like, don't get excited about the signing. I think on that lovely note, let's take a break uh, to sell some products that we do not own or manufacture. <laughs> Things like uh, underwear that... Uh, Refreshes your fart and smells like mint. <laughs> Products such as uh, Makib Kib in a Ziploc. The same Ziploc that we give you weed in and cocaine. You can cut that out. <laughs> you don't cut that out, nigga. Leave it. No, you can't. Sorry. What? What? Cocaine? No, nigga, it's a joke. Nigga, you want? Can't joke about cocaine. No, no. no you can't. No, no, no. <laughs> not, if you, not if you want. Don't if you want to be aligned with brands and don't sell coke, nigga. Ah, baby. Do you need to grow your wood? <laughs> then come see me, Dr. Mlaketi, the length and girth expert. I specialize in other things, but I feel like you need this more. Yes, you. Oh my God, I'd just like to thank Doctor for helping my husband. It is so big, i never seen something so large. Thank you. Side effects include dizziness, vomiting, and cheating. Call me now at 011-772-0800. We back. Uh, for my break, uh, please... Go on our online store that doesn't exist to get those products that we do not have. They're on special at uh, $49.99 from our $99.99 special that we've been having for the last 18 months. Finance Thank you very much. For hippies.com. That's where it all is. That's where it all is. So before before yeah, before we went to the break, everyone uh, was out here dropping some jewels. Um, and I think it, you were kind of um, making a nice segue to actually deal with both questions we had asked where i think you were now it, it would be nice to you to kind of refresh on just um the mentality you know that you've always had of you know you know let's get together and let's get the bag you know and it's not something that you've just woke up and did it's i think in your earlier phases of your career you were refining it refining it but it's gotta have come from somewhere bro let me chop in like this and ask you a direct one, A1. What the hell is wrong with this guy? A1. No, no. no it's the same segue. Don't worry. It's the A1, same segue. we're firing this guy from the show. Why I'm cutting in is because what you touched on about the use of a label. During our team here, we discussed the music industry a lot. Uh, some of us have split opinions as to the use of a label, especially in the modern day uh, era. What uh, you... What have you learned uh, what you can do as an independent, 
and where you actually need the label to come in because there's this thing of the the label engine the push the label push yeah. that propels you to 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 bigger heights that would be difficult to yeah, to, to to reach by yourself things such as getting playlisted radio spins we all know everyone wants spins yeah. it's very difficult to get the whole nation of radios <laughs> to get you on there but can you dissect that as dissect that portion for us please okay. while we're discussing the same issues of teeth select that we'll gently ignore what is the use of the label okay straight straight up i won't even lie to you if you want to be a superstar if you want to be a superstar in this day and age right now right now it might change again but right now if you want to be a superstar you have to be involved with the label at some level at some level you must be involved with the label gatekeepers yeah the well the 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 reason why i say this is not necessarily gatekeepers this is what happened and and i and i'm going to use the example of the wolf pack what i saw with the wolf pack and what i saw with a1 wolf we timing helped a lot because what i was able to do or what i was able to do and sketchy bong was able to do at that time for artists was we utilize the internet to its full potential we literally were ahead of the curve when it came to the internet than any other label we we could beat we we gamed the system because you mm-hmm. we were like yo why are you not playing our song if our song has got this much reach if this many mm-hmm. people are talking about and hyping the song up on the internet we were the first people doing that stuff on the internet we were like literally using out on twitter analytics and using like twitter and using all that stuff to game the system the real like like the people didn't understand that stuff we were like yo look at this and look at these numbers how we not playlist how mm. we not on that stage how we are not given the recognition we supposed to be given and then we make them scared using the same internet because we were like yo we can expose you now so we were we were the first to actually do that whole system of gaming fast forward a few years later that it don't work no more don't fool yourself like people fool mm. themselves and think that the internet's not free no more see when the internet mm-hmm. stopped being free it stopped being accessible to the artists mm-hmm. cuz you need to understand record labels are banks record labels are nothing else but banks like people can try and dress them up whatever they bank they banks with expertise in the music industry mm-hmm. so they know exactly how to use money leverage and everything that they have as a bank the collateral they have as a bank to make you desperate to keep you in debt to keep you always paying that interest to them on the long game mm. sacrifice what you have in the real world like the real things that you have your talent your music mm-hmm. give it to them they will mm-hmm. give you money in return give you the, these things in return for now that you're going to have to pay back somehow and when you don't pay back we go take your stuff in the real world and we'll use it for ourselves and have that collateral that we can keep using to make more money. Mm-hmm. The whole thing when people uh, talk about masters, masters is a long game. Like artists will be like, yo, um, uh, we need to buy back our masters. They don't even know why they need to buy back their masters. They don't even know. 
people talk like, oh, we need our masters, whatever. The reason why you need your masters is because it's a long game. The reason why the record labels want your masters is because they say, well, we might not make 100 million now, but with the amount of masters we have, for the next 100 years, we'll be making 100 million. You know what I mean? And it's like, from that one master, then we have like 10 of them. So we'll make, we'll make so much more on a long game. We'll be making that money over time and we use those same masters to go and use that money to go buy more masters. So they're not even doing any, like they're not even spending any new money. They're using people that they ripped off from the past's money to rip off new people and to get, to gain what you have, which is the, the real substance, the talent, the, st- the thing that you can't just buy. Like you literally have to have it and you need to be able to make it. They, 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 mm-hmm. they take it <laughs> by giving you money and they give you all these things that you, that you want for now, like superstardom to look good on TV. So everyone look up to you and have the super special status and say, yo, that guy's got chains, grills, whatever. And I look up to him. Nobody questions whether that stuff was given by a record label with the, with the intent of us of earning interest of that. So when the day you're not hot and the day the record label drops you or the record, the record label says, okay, we're not earning enough from you. So we're not going to stop. We're going to stop pushing you as much and push the next hot thing. We're going to, we're going to just take our shit back. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. what are you stuck with? You're not so yeah. hot talent. Like your little yeah, bit yeah. of a fan base that you, that, you, that you gained at that time that is now moving over to the next artist that the record label's pushing. It's, it's like... Which is a sad game, man. It's very sad. It, it's a sad game. So it's like, my mentality is, if people... You need, you need to be, be smart on how you use the record label. If you're going to be with the record label, be smart. Know what it is. Like, know exactly what it is. It's... The same way I, I use the example of a bank. Banks are not inherently evil. You can use a bank to become rich. <laughs> you can use mm-hmm. a bank to have long-term wealth. You know, you can take credit. You can take loan, a loan and say, I'm investing in a business that's going to last me much longer and be in a position where I don't need to take the loan no more. Mm. But people are mistaking how... Like they're mistaking the whole the whole system. They're mistaking how they they they, they think that they this is their money. They're not even questioning the, the contracts that they in. You have people mm. saying, ah, I'm being ripped off. Like after two years or three years of being hot at the top, then they complain and say, I'm being ripped off my record label. It's like, hold well on, it's not a new it's not a new record deal. The deal has been there. It's you've been sitting with that record deal in your emails or wherever. You could have read this mm. stuff at any point. So when now when they decided to enforce the contract and say, you, you now want to label them as being evil. I always say the, the music industry is like the worst industry because the talent of the musicians enter into employment contracts but don't want to respect the contracts. Mm. No other industry do you have that. If no, no other industry. If you're an accountant, and you decide to work for a firm and you create, and they give you an employment contract and say, these are our terms and conditions as this firm. 
You will not take any extra work beyond what our firm gives you. You will earn the salary this much, this every month, whatever type of thing. And it's for two years. And th those are the terms. We have a code of conduct. We have whatever. P person signs, works for two years. When it's two years is done, they renegotiate the contract. He doesn't like the renegotiation. He moves on to another firm. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm moving on to another firm. Musician. Six months down the line. I'm so hot. I'm making so much money. I'm making so much money for this company, for this record label. I'm the hottest thing. Why are you, why are you giving me a salary, bro? It's like, but no, those are the terms you came to. Like, you signed this contract. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I mean, I made this much money. No, no, no. It's not, it's not your money. It's our company's money. You're working for us. You are in an employment contract. That is what a record label deal is. And then the day you're an employee of the record label. Yeah. In your opinion, uh, what is the greatest benefit they offer now in the modern age that an independent artist cannot do for themselves? Uh, money. That's, that's, that's what they offer. They offer money. And if banks were, if the regular banks, if F&B was offering uh, money, the way that loans of a mixtape for mixtape, I would say go to F&B, at least it'll be clear cut understanding what's going on and they want to put the creative <laughs> input. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kepitech, this is a shout out to you, man. Kepitech, yeah, you need to find those mixtapes. <laughs> but, but I'm saying like that, that's, that, that is it because at the end of the day, they got resources that is gained for money. So when you, when, when you, as an artist in this day and age, you cannot, you cannot reach your own audience without a sponsored post. It's a set, that's what I'm saying. The internet is not free anymore. Mm. Look at the platforms that are the most popular. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. YouTube. YouTube. Your own following. Your subscribers, people who subscribe to you on YouTube, can't, don't get that notification no more. They don't mm. get that notification no more. They won't see when you drop the new video mm. without having to take extra steps to click the notification mm. bell, to do this, whatever, whatever. They make it so hard for your own followers to follow you. There was a time where YouTube was honestly free, where people, if, if I watched A1 Wolf's video right now, and cool, it's a dope video. The next video that I will play was A1 Wolf's video. Mm. Now you get an audience who's like, I just clicked an A1 off, I typed in A1 off, I watched A1 off's video, and it's like, the next video is going to be Justin Bieber. Yeah. What the? Like, this person took the effort to come to me, but mm. YouTube is quickly sending off to someone else because mm. that person's got budget behind him or pushing a budget behind him, and the algorithm works in his favor right now and it earns them the most amount of money. Because that's yeah. what they want. Not, they're not trying to help you as an artist. They want you to bring your audience to them and then they'll, they'll take your audience somewhere else to where the money yeah, is, yeah. whoever put the money in. So it's like, everyone off, no, nah, you, you, you haven't had enough sponsored posts. No, 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 we ain't sharing your shit. You, you, your niggas will click, come to YouTube, and when they get you, they're going to move to someone else. Watch, because you ain't giving us money. Whereas Universal this has put millions into our bank accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warner has put millions into our bank accounts. 
So we'd rather promote any of these guys. <laughs> mm. You, A1 Wolf, uh, as T-Swag would mention, you have obviously worked in a lot of groups and you also have worked with other artists as well. Uh, how do you, having, you know, had the fortune of uh, effectively reaching that height, you know, you know being the, the hot guy in the streets, uh, you know, at one point you were, uh, uh, I remember you said you were next to Miss World shooting a, a selfie ad. You know, that's, that, that means you can shoot your shot to Miss World. Man, you're, you're hot when you're in that position. You know what I'm saying? So how in this day and age do you think needs to be, what do you think needs to be in place for an artist to blow? Obviously, you need to understand the, the game and at some level game it and put it to your advantage. Yeah. yeah, but what do you think is required to this day and age uh, for a person to blow? I'm Don Salamanca. I've got a mixtape coming up. Uh, I can uh, drop a few singles. What do I need to be in place to blow up? Um, number one, maybe I'm not the best person to talk about that because my mind state has shifted. We've noticed, yeah. So, so at the time when that Miss World or whatever, shooting a Celsius ad and like all that hype, whatever, like literally was my mind state was on gaming the system. Like you said, like I was in that mind state. So I can speak at that time because I had to calculate according to what was going on at the time, how to game it then. My mind hasn't been there in years, but as just yeah. as an outsider looking in without too, too much like, as I put a disclaimer, I'm just putting that disclaimer so you understand that I'm not saying that this is the key. Yeah, like I've been helping sure, artists yeah. and trying to help artists get what you're talking about. But my thing has always been now is forget about the hype, number one. Yeah. Forget about trying to be number one or trying to be at the top of the game and the most popular. That will always be the person with the most money behind him. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's never really been about talent, if we're being honest. It's the person with the most money behind him will always be at the top of the hype game, especially now in the world where all the platforms, all the influences come from payment, paid advertising. For sure. Mm. There was a time where a few years back it was different. These, 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 all these platforms were free because they were new. They hadn't, they hadn't started wanting to get their money back. All these platforms usually start off, any platform that's new starts off not trying to make money, but on, on, with the basis of we need to get you hooked. We need to get you hooked. And once you're hooked, then we'll start throwing the ads in front of you or the sponsored yeah, posts yeah. or whatever. Mm. So... If you want to be at the top, you're going to have to find a way to have money behind you. That's, 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 that's number one. So number two, when I say as an artist, what should be important to you, you should focus on developing your tribe, your network. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you might not have a million. You can, you can have... You might not have a million followers or a million fans, if you want to put it that way, but you can make the equivalent of an artist who has a million fans with just 1,000 fans. 
if you're smart yeah. enough. So you need to, as an artist, start developing and cultivating a tribe that is loyal to you, that understands who you are, and is oh, willing yes. to put bank behind you to support what you're giving them. So you need to look at what value am I giving these people and how do I stay connected with these people so they feel like they constantly have that value from me. Mm. And maybe you develop naturally, organically with that following because it might be slow growth. It might take longer, but the benefits are there and it's factual. Like I just said to you, example, you can make the same amount of money as a person with a million followers or million fans if you have 1,000, if you do it the right way. Because the same person who's got a million fans has got 10,000 people behind getting him there that also want a paycheck. Yeah. You know, all the people who work for the record label, all the people who work at the platforms that are sponsored posts or whatever, they're all getting a paycheck from him, from his million fans. So if you have that thousand on a lock and a direct connection where you don't need all these middlemen, you can make a hundred percent of whatever your transaction is versus yeah. making one percent or less mm. on the other on the, in the other avenue. So you need to get your mindset away from I need to be the most popular. Because if you want to be the most popular, you're gonna to have to cut a lot more checks. You're going to have to give a lot more people money. Yeah. yeah. Which in turn will then take you backwards. <laughs> so I, you need to also be aware of who you want yeah. to be. Do you want to be the most popular? Or you just want to be an artist who can create and in the long game be more memorable. Because if you have, let's say, let's say that thousand, if you have a thousand fans right now, and then like 10 years from now, that thousand becomes a hundred thousand because I would like to think that if they really like dig you and they really follow you, they would have brought in maybe 10 people over 10 years to follow you too, to enjoy your music too, to become your fans, to understand what you're doing. That's, that's, that's like a safe number to say, to say that they, that those 1000 would have brought 10. So then now you have 10,000 fans. Now 10,000 fans, those 10,000 do the same thing becomes you, the math yeah. just keeps multiplying. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if you have that mentality to say, I need to take care of this group, my tribe, my people, niche down, speak to them. Stop trying to speak to the masses. Mm. Those people will take care of you to the point where you make or you earn much more than anybody else who's got a bigger following. Mm. So it's also like a principle in terms of business and what I've learned myself in terms of business and beyond just being a musician, cut down your overheads. Because the Mm. bigger you want to be, the higher your overheads are. So if you can cut down your overheads and limit it to what you actually need, and say, this is what I need, and stop trying to feed my ego and trying to be as big as I can possibly be and say, I need to be big now. Then you can grow organically and never be stressed and never be worried 
Because now when you put yourself into a situation where you have big overheads because you want to be the biggest, you end up stretching yourself too thin. You end up being stressed all the time because you got so much to lose. And it wasn't mm-hmm. organically growing. In your, op- in your opinion, Iwan, uh, uh, which, like, uh, I think teeth uh, is really the question that he wanted to, to know. Who in your team, definitely you cannot really push it by yourself, even when you're an independent artist. What type of people do you have minimum uh, that you need around you to, you know, to get the work that's required going? Like, uh, what do you have? The you... Yeah, basically, if, if, you, if you're like an independent artist, as per se, right? Like, yeah, what, what kind of people do you think are kind of critical to help you move? You know, if, if you're working with a small team, you know, what kind of people would you probably advise? And again, this is from your perspective that, you know, you should have around you to kind of help you build, you know. Do I need a PR manager? Do I need a, a booking agent? Do I need a, a manager to manage the managers? Uh, who do I... What are the, what's the core team that one is uh, does? Re- okay, you bre- you breaking up. And on that note, Can you guys hear me? Another break. All finance for hippies products forty nine ninety nine. We'll be right back. Aren't you tired of doing the same thing all day? Waking up in the morning and going to work. You probably have goals and dreams you'd like to achieve. Well, finance for hippies in association with Miss Brown Productions brings you. Just wing it. A juice that you can drink that has absolutely nothing to do with all the things I've said. The only thing I can say about the juice is that it tastes real good. So where were we at? For the air break, we were talking about teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What teams team you need you around you. Okay. So let me break let me break it down like from what I've seen as essentials. I don't have a manager. I don't have a PR agent, I don't have a booking agent, I don't have any of that stuff. What I do have is good relationships with people who can fill those roles, who can do those things. Mm-hmm. And how it, it needs to be is you need to surround yourself with people that are capable of doing those things and give them the opportunity to do those things in a way they can earn for themselves using your brand. So you're making yourself open and accessible but not necessarily giving up those powers. Mm. Because for me personally, I don't like to give responsibility away to someone else because then when they don't do what they're supposed to do, I can't, I don't want to blame them. Mm. I need to blame myself. I need to have that mentality where I say, that didn't work. My career is not where it is because of me. And sometimes when you give away those responsibilities, a lot of artists end up being all depressed and mad and angry at their manager or their PR and say, ah, they're not doing my PR right. Yeah. Or they're not managing me right. Why am I not getting the bookings? Oh, why am I not earning the money that I'm supposed to be earning? Like, I'm not doing these shows, but I don't have money to reflect that I'm doing these shows. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you need to be able to have those conversations with people and say, yo, I'm available for bookings, like as yourself, as everyone say, I'm available for bookings. Hit me up. Here's my direct line. You know, yeah, talk yeah, to me. Yeah. When you go out to a gig and you meet the promoter, talk to the promoter and let, give him your direct line. So he books you directly. 
Like people want to have this whole ego thing. A lot of artists have the ego thing and it's cool, but you understand you're also sacrificing a power to someone else because the day mm. that that person stops being your manager, you don't have the direct access to the promoters no more. That person yeah, walks sure. away with that, with, that, with that avenue or that revenue stream immediately and takes it to someone else and can give it to another artist now. So you lose that. So you need to be aware of what powers you're giving away every time when you start giving roles away to people. What yeah. I find is essential to me and what I've chosen, the only person who's been consistently like stuck with me for years now, not wasn't since day one, but for years now is my accountant. I have an accountant. Mm. That's the most important thing that I've had because my accountant does things for me that I cannot do for myself and is important to my business mm. and what I do in terms of my personal life and taking care of my, my finances and all that, that stuff. So it's, it's okay. essential that I have to have an accountant because you don't want to mess that up because everything yeah. else <laughs> you can mess up. You can learn, you can make mistakes or whatever, but you don't want to be messing up the finances. You don't want to be messing up your SARS and taxes and all that stuff. Because that can really devastate people and devastate a lot of artists. But but Aaron, can I can I just maybe um, that's an interesting one that you touch on because I'm sure even where you at you've had a lot of artists probably ask you to manage them and such things. But yeah. what I've found in my own experience, what I found in my own experience, although it's within the visual arts mostly, but um, the you know there's a lot of miseducation that goes around. Firstly, and I found that. Guys don't even actually know how to create a relationship with somebody like an accountant, right? Yeah. And you know how do you how how do yeah how does one break that kind of how does one break that kind of chain? Um, yeah. And yeah, you know how does one break that kind of chain and make it more of a norm because those yeah. conversations don't happen. I, I think essentially art, artists also need to start if, if they wanted to be full-time musicians. And this is, this, this, is, this is a thing I always say to the kids that I help like at the warehouse and stuff. Is if, if you need to decide early or at least some, some, at some point whether you want to do music as a full-time profession or you want to do music as a passion. Because there's a difference. If you want to do it as a profession where you earn your money and where you only earn your money, you have to treat it like a business. You have to treat it like what it is. So mm. with any business, how do you get to where you are a fully functional liquid business? You have to learn to make mistakes, yes, but you learn to make mistakes by talking and looking at other businesses and getting a mentor, whatever, whoever can teach you or going to school and learning it. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of schools for musicians to be a musician full time. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're going to have to go to someone who's not a musician, but maybe a similar, a freelancer. So anything similar, like you said, a visual artist or whatever, someone who's a freelancer, and talk to them and find out from them who's your accountant. How do you handle your accounting? How do you, like, and if they can't give you the answer, you go keep searching. 
if even if you got it, like I found my accountant from someone who's who's a business friend of mine, and he does tenders. He's like, mm. that's he's a tenderpreneur. It's sad. I'm sad to say it, but he's a tenderpreneur. Mm. Like he's 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 a freelancer in the sense he goes finds tenders and then he gets people to do the jobs. Gets the check. That he gets the checks and he's and he's got and he's got good money for for it doing that way. He doesn't own, like he doesn't have direct employees. He doesn't have none. He just literally gets the checks and spreads it. So mm. I asked him. I straight up was like, "Bro, uh, I need an accountant. I need to handle my finances. Who does your stuff? Because your stuff is always in check and it's always right, especially from government side. That's why they keep giving you all these jobs. So." On paper, whoever does your stuff on paper, because I knew him, he's not a, a person who's that way inclined. And I'm like, someone must be doing this for you. Who's doing it? I like how you put that. And he gave and he gave me his contacts. Like this is the plug. This is the this is the right guy. I met the guy. I actually met two accountants, and this was the one I connected with. Same thing I, I said before. You have to know brand alignments. Whether you connect with someone, longevity type of thing. And the guy understood, and he's like, oh, because you're a musician. I've never done anything for musicians, but just send me your, like, how does your business work? How does whatever? Just let's sit down, have a coffee. And like, I broke down to him exactly how a business works, how everything works. And he's like, okay, cool. So I can do this for you. I can be your accountant. I know how to handle your finances. It's similar to this and this, and I can make it happen. So you just need to make sure you tell me what you're spending on. What are you doing? And this is how we're going to work it. And ever since, I've never worried about taxes. My taxes are very well handled. And, mm. you know, like, it's, it's, it's something that, honestly, I could have ended up being like a lot of musicians where I just ignore it and not care. And then mm. it bites me when things are tough. Because <laughs> the, the, the horror stories I could tell you about, like, some of the stuff, because, like, like, my content also, like, He's friends with all the accountants and like the the people at SARS and stuff. And he yeah. tells me the funny stories that he gets told about what happens with artists. Like some well-known popular musicians have been put in situations with SARS. And he yeah. tells me those stories and I'm like, well, I would have never thought that person didn't have their finances right or their, yeah, yeah, their yeah. taxes right. This, this reminds me of the legendary track we did on the legendary mixtape uh, called The Accountant This. The greatest mixtape <laughs> that no one has ever heard. We got like six streams, but it's still hot on the street. Bro, we put out a diss record record against accountants, bro. We were we, we were hungry, bro. It was called Ukufa. Ukufa. We were killing accountants. Came for it, bro. We time, sampled bro. Lady Smith, Black Manzazo, without any clearing rights, of course. No clearing rights, We sampled rights, bro. the moving the Lion King at the beginning. Bro, we had that Migos beat. The Migos beat. The flow was immaculate. Check out that mixtape, man. Nah, Check out the mixtape. Get rich or die or hippie. Exactly. That was what was up. But everyone, yeah, man, you're giving some game, bro. You're giving some real game. Just When you see yourself as a business, now we're going straight into the bag. What would you say are the major income stream of an artist who runs himself as a business? Is it uh, the check from uh, when the, the publishing comes in? Is it the performances, which is a big check, I believe? Is it the transactional brand deals that you do with 
uh, 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 with companies? Is it long-term uh, relationships that you build with uh, with brands? Uh, where does what are the major sources of income for an artist, and where yeah. would an artist really uh, uh, work well for himself to take care of? If you were to fuck up the bag, what yeah. bag don't you want to fuck up? Because where's the bag? These streaming numbers. Sorry, before you on these yeah. streaming numbers don't make sense, bro. These streaming numbers don't add up as, at all. Yeah, no, no. So, yeah. I, I, I won't even lie to you. The streaming numbers is lies. Straight up yeah. lies. End of the day, yeah. like streaming is, is a marketing tool. I think the numbers is aspect of streaming is, is a marketing tool. End of the day, yeah. like the streams are based on what playlists you get on, are based on... Uh, a lot of these record labels are winning on the streaming battle, if you want to put it that way, because they own a lot of the playlisting uh, platforms. Yeah, <laughs> it's, mm. the, it's their playlists. They've got playlists. You know what I mean? They've got yeah. the record labels have massive reach and employees everywhere across the world, so they can make whatever they want to have a lot of streams automatically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the streaming, the streaming don't add up, bro. Don't add up. So, so if you look the, at what the Dolphin has said, yeah, and the way it works is a lot of those artists don't earn a lot from those streams at all. They don't earn like money. So streaming is not where you're gonna make your money from. Like I know yeah. artists with ridiculous amounts of streams, like ridiculous amounts of streams, but they earning like chump change or basically nothing from those streams. Mm. So. Let's, let's, let's dismiss that one as your money-making avenue. That ain't the not, bag. Aye. Not going to happen. That's out. Where yeah, the real bags and the, where, where, where the things matter, and this is also back to maybe the whole signing, what you're signing away and stuff, is publishing, yes. Publishing, I can speak for myself. This year alone, just from my royalties, in terms of royalties, of what's being paid to me in terms of royalties, is hundreds of thousands. This year alone. Mm. But that takes care of my life, where I don't even need mm. to worry about a lot of things because those royalties came through. That's a continuous thing. In, Till the day I die, I'll Shout be out to royalties. You. All right. So you got to talk about long game, owning and owning your publishing and owning all your royalties and owning everything that, like I chose to own everything. Like I, there's no buy. Yeah. I don't have a publisher. I don't have record label. I don't have nothing. Mm. My entire catalog is owned by me. Completely. 110%. Aye. I chose to do that. It's benefited me now. Yeah. And I will continue to do that because it, it works for me and I'm able to work. And like I said, it, 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 it might not be a forever thing, but at least I know that I'll be earning something from everything I release till the day mm. I die. Mm. Exactly. So, and where does it go to my kids after that? They'll be earning something yeah. that I own Till the day I die. Right. So that publishing is and, proper. And royalties, yeah. That 
that is a that is a, that is a huge revenue stream. That's that's yeah. number one. I, I definitely think that that's that's an important one. The endorsement deal because I've done a lot of endorsement deals. They yeah. are nice. You get really good endorsement deals, and then now you're living in an era where I think the endorsement deals have gotten a lot worse because now it's about influencers. Influencers. It's like mm. gotta spread the check amongst all the influencers. Like mm. brands have come come a lot smarter. They don't just do brand ambassadorships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they used to. Now it's like, mm. ah, why why are we gonna do a whole year of brand ambassadorship when we just get you on for this campaign as an influencer? And we get you tweeting, so we'll charge you, we'll pay you. So most a lot of a lot of these guys, what they do, they charge per tweet or charge per post yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Then they say, okay, for this campaign, we'll need 10, 10 tweets, uh, ten Instagram posts, ten whatever, and then we'll pay you whatever that calculates to. That's so, why I told Teeth Swag to drop a makeup tutorial video on YouTube. Man, you need to get that check. Do some uh, foundations, teeth, man. Please yeah, go ahead, A one. Yeah, I just want yeah, to throw yeah, that yeah. in there. So, 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 so now it's like those endorsement deals don't pan out as long as back to what I was saying in the beginning of long game. Yeah, that that campaign lasts for six months or whatever the period it lasts for, and then like you've attached yourself to that brand, and now the next campaign, someone's gonna say, "Hey, you know." We don't want you because you were with our competitor just six months ago or yeah. whatever, whatever the reason. So we might not want to use you. Then your competitor decides, oh, we do a totally different campaign this year. We, we're tired of, of musicians. We're tired of rappers. We need makeup tutorial people. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's influencer these days. <laughs> so we're going <laughs> yeah, to head up yeah, yeah. T-Swag over there. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. we, we need you to do our campaign, what's your rate? Exactly. This is what it is. So it's like, and it's also more competitive. Care. There's more people in the game. So it's not, it's, not, it's not like how it used to be where it was like, it's either you get me or you don't get me. If you don't get me, there's not a lot of options out here that have the yeah. same influence or reach that I have. Now it's like everybody, yeah. anybody, you can literally be a ballet artist and be an influencer. You know what I mean? Of what you do, which is good. It spreads mm. the, the checks a lot um, across more creatives, but at the same time, you now can't rely on that check to sustain you for a lifetime. Because now yeah. you also have the pressure of staying hot and keeping yeah, up yeah. with the Joneses. And now, ah, I'm losing my followers. My followers are not. I'm not retaining viewership, whatever. And now it's like, yeah, yeah. I have to do gimmicks and st- stunts to try and keep eyes on you. And it's not yeah, even yeah. about your, your talent anymore. It's not like it's all about all the extra stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of musicians lose themselves into that game of trying to stay yeah. hot. So now they're always jumping on the next wave. Oh, I'm a piano is next. I need to jump on a, I'm a piano type track. Ah, mm. drill is the next sound. I need to jump on drill music. This trap is what's hot. I need to jump on trap. This is like... My mentality is, is, is about like what I connect with. And, and to be honest, I think a lot of artists might say to themselves, they connect with those music, with, the, with those genres. But if you take away the influence of the clubs and the crowds and everyone else, are they really connected with that music or is it because everyone else is, in, is into it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're very right. You're very right. You know what you're I mean? Very right. Really and Ducky was looking something. at getting into drill. Yeah, if you're really into something, you don't just move on so quickly. Like you don't just move on to the next thing so quickly. If you're really into it, and you yeah. find today people be like, "Hey, Gom is my. I love Gom. Hey, it, 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 it does everything for me." Then it's next to ah, Gom is so old, bro. Nah, bro. Mm. I'm a piano is what it is. You know, mm, I can't sure. even listen to a Gom song. Hey, that stuff is just noisy. It's like, yeah. When did the shift happen? Yeah. You just but, shifted but, with the crowd. Mm, so mm, 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 mm. you look, look the longevity there. Cause that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say people need to niche down. You need to niche yeah. down. You need to know what yeah. you like and what you're really about, what you can sustain for a long time and don't move with the crowd. Because if you move to the crowd and say, I think I like this now, and you're moving with the crowd. Be careful because you might, might be moving with the crowd because it's just herd mentality and the whole mob mentality of humans where we feel safer with the crowd. But you might not be what you're really into. Mm-hmm. And then you end up finding yourself unhappy. You find yourself making sub- subpar music or sub- like st- stuff that's not as good as it could be. That's why mm-hmm. you find that some artists, you, you say, hey, the guy is not as good as his last tape or it's not as... Yeah, and, Yes, artists are allowed to develop and they should develop. But sometimes they need, you need, they need to question themselves and say, did I develop or am I just trying to keep up with the Joneses? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Keep exactly. up with the How is the performance check? The performance check is really good. But it's also another thing where I said, for me, I, I, I started to... So what I did, okay, let me, let me break down what I did as AOR. For... Two, yeah, it was two, three years. I went overboard with performances. The performance check. 2014, I uh, right up to 2017. The beginning of 2017. I was on the road consistently. Every weekend chasing checks. And the performance check, it started from 2014 when I was earning my first few checks from Red Bull. Uh, early 2014, which was like 1,500 a gig. Hmm. That they were paying 1,500 split two ways with sketch. Oh, not split two ways, but with sketching myself, he get 1,500, 1,500. So it's actually 3,000. But we were right. getting checks for 3,000. And then we progress to the next level where, sorry, I just had a call coming in. Uh, we progress to the next level where I was charging 35K a show. So mm. 2016, I was charging 35K a show. So when I was charging 35K a show, I was negotiable. I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you like a, a look in. I was negotiable. Yeah. So I would drop all the way to 15. I could drop mm-hmm. all the way to 15, depending on how, how busy I was that weekend. Yeah. If I was like, yeah. hey, there's only one show this weekend, I'll take your booking mm. at 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. Yeah. I, I was of the mentality of, I need as many bookings as I can get. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And that mentality, no lie, is what probably burnt me out, and I'm grateful for it in 2016. Mm. Mm. Because in 2016, was I think at like the, the, the peak of my hype 
or yeah, the peak of 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 that, like you're saying, that Miss World, South Sea, all this yeah, stuff, yeah. Like, yeah. all happened 2016, and I was just like burnt out, and I couldn't do it no more. And that's also the year that my father and my father figure both had a stroke. My father figure passed away from the stroke, and then my father got the stroke straight after, like three months after that. That I was just like, hold up. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm destroying my body. I can't keep this up. I, I can't keep this up. I'm out here trying to keep up with the Joneses and chase these checks. But what are these checks for if I'm like an old man that can't do things for himself? Like I, I, I had firsthand examples because when my father had the stroke, I brought him back from Lesotho. He was in Lesotho and it happened. I brought him back from Lesotho and for two weeks, he wouldn't let anyone else help him. Like it had to be me. Like I got a nurse in to, to help. He didn't want the nurse to do anything. So it had to be me because he, he had pride. And it was like, in that time, I'm like, yo, like it, it, it's, it's something personal, but I mean, I can share it because he's a lot better now and whatever. Mm. But like to have your father soil himself and you have to clean it up mm. puts things in perspective yeah do you get what i'm saying and it's like for sure mm. you, you tell yourself like whoa this man was the man because my father was like i've said this before in an interview so i can share it now but like he he had a past as like a gangster the og if you yeah. want to say yeah. the ogs yeah. on that you know he made a lot of money in that life that past life yeah so he made a lot of money, lived that life, had the respect, fear, rather I'd say people feared him. He had that. And then when he went straight and he tried to like keep, like give up that life to like stay with us and be with us type of thing. Cause he wasn't with us when he was doing that stuff. But like when he started like staying with us and saying, okay, you know what? I'm building with my family. I've got all this money. Like, he couldn't keep up with, with clean money. Let's put it that way. He started up businesses mm. and they all kept failing. Mm. Yeah. Because he was too used. His mentality was still caught up in that old life. Mm. You know, he still had the same spending habits. Mm. Yeah. But straight money don't come so fast. So it didn't work out for him in that way. So we, so we went through a period where we were broke as a family. Like, proper, like, dirt, 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 broke. Like, like no food in the table type broke. So things were like oh. rough at some point. And we like had to like fight through, which also maybe built my character because it forced me to say, I need to start working and making money. So even in high school, I was out there selling in, in my school. I arranged to sell and I was making money and I was taking the same money to buy food and bread and stuff at, at the house. I started in high school with that mentality of trying to hustle. So okay. same thing varsity. I was working like five, four. I was working like a lot of jobs. I you were working four, a lot at the time. At the same time, yeah. There was four jobs at the same time, and I was just like, "You're studying," and I was studying law. So it's like I, I had that mentality. I have to always be earning, and I need to make money to take care of my family and take care of myself. I can't rely on someone else to do it. Mm. So anyway. With that, with that check money now, 
I still had that mentality. Yeah. I'm like, I got to be making this money. doesn't matter about anything yeah. else. I need to make this money. That gotta, performance gotta, check you were saying, right? Yeah, the performance check. So you, okay. you got to chase that check. And it burnt me out. And that's, that's, that's why I said the performance check is, 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 is nice, but it burns out artists. Chasing a performance yeah. check can burn you out. And mm. for me, it burned me out because I was just like, I had a nice nest egg of the amount of money I made. It was nice enough to me take a break. But once you're in that performance culture, bro, you can't take your foot off. It's so hard. It's so hard because when they stop seeing you in the lineups, other promoters also say, well, not the one we talk about. And Ewan, I'd also also like you to to maybe touch on, obviously, you know, these different phases where um, a lot is going on. I'm sure your your you know a lot is going on. Your career is obviously it's 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 some it's peaking in in that kind of market, um, and then obviously you go through a lot of of personal things and you, you get to your trajectory where you are now. How do you look at if you just look at your your your, your spending then versus how you've gravitated to now? Um, what are some interesting things you've seen? You know, I'm sure you're not yeah. what is spending the money the same way. Financial evolution of AI. Yeah. Yeah. So the financial evolution. So how, how I was with that background that I told you of working many jobs and having this respect for money. I, I could say that, and I know this is probably a racial slur. I'm not sure. Don't worry. Uh, our Let's editor can sort you out <laughs> if it's a bit too much for her. Yeah. So, so, they used, they used to call me a <laughs> Okay. You were very conservative with your money. I was a with my money. Yeah. That but means they, they, you weren't popping bottles with the ladies, man. How was nah, the budget for the ladies? I, I, I understand. This is, this is why, like, where I say I was a so you was Okay, that's very interesting. The homies okay. knew. I had the mentality of, especially, like, at that time, because it was... It was like most musicians in the beginning, especially like ones who are just getting the fame and the hype and whatever, like mm. you care about the super, superficial stuff and how perception and things look and how everyone else is looking at you. So you care about those things. Bro, I was the guy who would say, talk to the club and be like, yo, uh, we need our rider. We need some bottles at the table. But we ain't going to drink all of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be drinking no, that stuff. Yeah. We need it here. Let the no, thing we pour all the stuff. You, <laughs> no, are, you were giving you them are, what they want. The you are finessing the club. But we're not drinking all of these. Nah, don't touch that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, them niggas better rock up to the club half tipsy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, because cause that's what the clubs wanted. And I knew what the clubs wanted. And I would talk to the managers and the people running it. And that mentality be like, yo, you want these guys to spend. They're looking at me Sorry, at our table. closing the door here. Just quickly. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, they be like, they're looking at our table. So they're looking at our table and they and, and they looking and they want to compete with us. So that guy there yeah. is he's just a regular Joe, a tenderpreneur. He's whatever. He's a businessman. He's a rich kid. He's a whatever. Yeah. They're looking at us. So if they look at us and say, hey, we've got 10, 10 bottles at our table, they're going to want 10 bottles too to be like, we can compete Damn. with these guys. 
for and sure. they drinking so all these bottles for you because they because i'm motivating them to spend so all the managers understood what i was talking about so it was always like me trying to game the system but it was like i was very frugal that's the word frugal, frugal yeah. with how i would spend my own money yeah i would always make it the club's cost yeah okay. yeah and then very interesting okay so 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 so, so that's that so that's how I, I that was how i was in the beginning then later on at some point i eased up when the, when the money was like really there and i knew i had this amount in my bank account i started easing up and that's when the 2016 yeah. i started easing up when i was with my homies whatever i'd be like nah you know what i don't have time to be talking to these guys and explaining whatever <laughs> let's just get the bottles yeah. it's fine yeah you know you start easing up you start saying ah you know what let's get the bottles it's fine you know you don't waste time how much is it yeah. ah, that's fine i'll swipe for yeah. it you know and that's dangerous <laughs> That's also a dangerous mentality because yeah. now you check that you're getting from the club, which is because a lot of the clubs don't want to pay full price. They, they were usually the ones we negotiated with the 15 because they're more consistent. Mm, so yeah. with your check of 15, five is going towards bottles. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're only walking away with 10. And now yeah. I used to cut the deals with them as well. Cause I never, I never wanted to live in Joburg. I'd be like, I will yeah. take care of my flights and accommodation. Yeah. If you book me, don't worry about it. It's not, a, don't worry about flights, accommodation. I used to take care of my own flights and accommodation. That's why I was booked so much all across the country. Like yeah, I, yeah. I was the person who handled that directly. It's interesting. I just say, okay, pay me my fee, I'll handle it. And I used to have an app that give me the best flights, the cheapest flights or whatever. And I'd book on my app, do it quick. And I knew I'd get a, a better price if I booked early or during these times or whatever. Like I was always trying to get the cheapest cost to it. <laughs> For and sure. I'm like, okay, cool. It's going to cost me 2000 accommodation and flights. So that's, I'm stuck with 8,000. So I'm, when I do the gig now, I'm only earning eight. So mm. I say to myself, okay, I need two gigs in that city. Yeah. Maybe I can't do the, the club down the road because that's disrespectful. They're not going to like that. I'll do Pretoria yeah, to try and gain that money back. Mm. So you end up now doing two shows and being on the road and being flights and you let, and that stuff burns you out. You see, I, I, like my frugal mentality ended up hurting me because I was trying to be maximize money, maximize, maximize, maximize. Yeah. And it's like, you end up burning yourself out because you, you get no breaks. Mm. And, yeah, and luckily for me, I had the experience with my father and my father figure that woke me up, like literally woke me up and said, yo, you can That's, have all uh, this money, but this money is not going to be always there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like from that point onwards, you started reevaluating uh, all this stuff. But before we go there, uh, we'll give our technical guys a slight break uh, to, to sell it? some stuff. Teeth, what do you want to sell today, no, man? No, bro, it's that new teeth, like teeth brush you guys have been hearing about. Oh, shit. Woo, my it's, man. It's it made out of charcoal Charcoal, bristles. bro, charcoal <laughs> bristles, that new teeth, like toothbrush. It Shout. comes with a free gold tooth. But oh, check yeah. out check out the ad, guys, um, and we'll be back, man, whilst, yeah. Whilst In a few I'm, minutes. In a few minutes. Need a new gun? Ngabi Financial got you. Need a new getaway car? 
Gabi Financial got you. Need money for hotel stay? We got you. We'll even throw in a free sidekick because we care about the unemployment rate. Gabi Financial, catch a body with our bag. T's and C's apply. Please note, if you do not pay, we'll call in Gabi on you. Gabi Financial. I think uh, we're back. Uh, Ndaki, teeth swag. Uh, the show should be really uh, financed for him to by Ndaki and Ndaki because I'm carrying him throughout the whole season. Nah, but bro. we're back. The female uh, audience. Who brings the female audience here, bro? Don't uh, yeah, yourself, yeah, bro. I don't know about that. Don't blow yourself, bro. The female audience knows what they come here for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A conscious decision seems to have been taken by A1 to really reevaluate his life from a professional and most likely to a personal level as well. How has, just take us through the new, well, not the new, but the evolution that you've now gone through around that time from uh, 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 the things that happened to you in your personal life and how it translated into the, the musical scene. Uh, from uh, a branding and uh, strategy perspective, it's very clear if you look at your, your career that you have uh, moved away from dropping them bangers in the clubs to making uh, music that I'm sure you believe is much more long-lasting and uh, uh, meaningful to the listener, to your core listeners. Please take us through that evolution. Yeah, so I, I went away from that, that mass appeal that, like I said before, the 2016 uh, era, which was like the peak of the mass appeal, like appealing to the masses and the numbers and numbers game, where it's as many shows as possible, as many fans as possible, as many of everything. Uh, and I decided I'd rather have quality over quantity. But for me to figure out what is quality, I need to take a break. I need to just leave and figure out what, what is quality to me. What, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't have time to even think of what is quality to me. So what I did was in that period of time, I decided I'm going to start turning down gigs. Okay. And it stopped being negotiable on the price. So everybody who knew that I was negotiable or whatever, I'd say no. If you can't do the 35, I'm not doing it. It's okay. Yeah. So that way I was able to turn down or dial down the amount of gigs. Because if, if it was a gig that, that was paying the full fee, then it was worth it. Then it was okay. I'm still earning something that's going to take care of my family, take care of me and add towards what I earn and what I have as a nest egg. And I started thinking also towards a long game and saying, how do I, how do I give back? At the same time, like have something that will last long in terms of taking care of me, which is when I looked at the warehouse. I did the whole warehouse thing and I, and I, and I, and I found this, this, this warehouse and I had the concept and I'm like, I'm going to have this events venue, this venue that's going to like take care of the kids and the talent in Durban and KZN and all the brands are going to come and they're going to like, get involved here and actually like I'm going to try and make each kid like blow up and have the brands see that the investment is in the space. So they invest in us and they keep investing in new talent and I'm able to help. So I'm able to do positive things at the same time, take care of my needs Mm -hmm. going forward. That was like a wake up call as well, because like I put a lot of money into it. 
Yeah. It wasn't a cheap investment. And I didn't question, because I, I do a lot of things in faith, which goes to my beliefs. So if I believe in something and I know that I've prayed about it, I'll do it even if I don't fully understand it. That way, it actually, from a, from a, a worldly perspective, was a bad idea. <laughs> from a one wolf perspective, it was the best thing that happened to me. Because yeah. it kept yeah. on forcing me to, to, to look at what really matters. What do I care about? Is it really about giving back? Is it really about being better or being a better person? Or is it about the finances? Because I was losing a lot of finances. Yeah. So it molded my character to stand for things and to be able to take a knock on certain things and say, you know what? I might be losing here or I need to understand that I'm going to be losing here, but that's not what's important. What's important is what's going to make me grow as a person and make me grow as 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 uh, I don't want to say Ewan Wolf, but as a person I, I see myself as. Yeah. So mm. in those years, I brought on partners into the warehouse yeah. because it was coming like a very big burden. I could foresee it being something I had to give up yeah. in terms of, of financial constraint. As much as I was helping and doing a lot of stuff with kids, it's like the brands weren't coming on board. Brands oh, weren't, weren't, weren't understanding my vision at the time. You know, they'd they, 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 they be like, we see it, it looks cool, but we don't know how do we get involved in this. Is it a club? Because if it's a club, we, we know how to spend the money for, for a club. Yeah, we know how to spend the money. What is it like? They they could never define it, so the budgets are never released ever for anything yeah. we were doing. Mm. And it was like, okay, now I understand where I'm at. It's not going to happen for me financially. Yeah. So bring these partners on board and let them handle the finances. Yeah, I brought them on board because they were businessmen I respected and I'd done work with and and have similar. Uh, principles as me in terms of giving back. So I was like, okay, you guys are businessmen. This is what you guys do on a daily, daily basis, all day, every day. Can you guys handle this? I don't want to worry about finances anymore. I just want to do the yeah. stuff that I do with the kids. I just want to keep doing my programs and doing everything else. Just you guys handle it. So over time, we realized, okay, there's no way. Well, not even the realize. It's like the, the venue had to operate as a club. Yeah. And that's the only way we were making the money back to cover overheads and cover everything else. Yeah. It had yeah. to operate as a club. To keep up everything I was trying to do, it had to operate as a club. Mm-hmm. So at some point, because my name is on like the lease, because you try to buy the, the, the venue, the, the space, but right now in town, you can't buy any decent space because these conglomerates have bought out all the spaces. There's like these big property groups that have bought up and nobody's trying to sell to an individual when they can sell like a bunch. So it's like, and the group does not consider selling to anyone. If they sell to 
another property group. So yeah. even like at that time, the, the guys who owned the warehouse were the same people that owned Maboneng. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so they, so they own that, the space. That, that, so what we did, we created a long lease, a 20-year lease, uh, so that we can put a proper investment in the space so we didn't have to like worry and say that we're building up the space and then we're going to lose it mm. in a few years. So we did That's a 20-year yeah. lease, which is a long-standing lease, which is unheard of at the time, but we did that. So it still feels like we kind of own the property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Those overheads come every month. It's like a bond. Rent yeah, yeah. on almost the same thing in this situation. So it's like we, ha- we have to pay it every month. And there's no excuses, no stories. You have to pay it. And yeah. unfortunately, the way we were making money was from the club-type events. Yeah. Uh, and the money for what was invested in the space. If you, I don't know if you've seen pictures of the space. There's quite a lot of stuff going on in the space that's very expensive that we built and we made and put into space. So we had to get money back for that, for those investments. So it's like... It's a beautiful space, man. Beautiful space. Uh, thank you. But like, the cost of that was we had to have this club culture. And now this club culture was directly opposed to who I was finding out I am. Yeah. Like who I found out... I am or what I'm comfortable with is not the club culture. It's the opposite of club culture. It's crazy because I had to find this out when I decided to stop drinking. So I decided to stop drinking and stop any kind of, any substances. So weed, I never touched anything else. It was just weed and drinking. But I like, I cut everything that was a substance out of my life. I changed my eating habits. I stopped eating meat, uh, I literally avoid dairy products. I, I, like, I did research into stuff that's good for your body and all that stuff, and I started dropping stuff one by yeah. one to the point where I was uncomfortable in my own venue. Like, I'd be at the venue for an AKA concert. Like, AKA is having his concert at the venue, and I feel uncomfortable the entire time. And it's like, this is my space. Yeah. I created it. Mm. I'm the owner. Mm. But I'm not yeah. comfortable. I just didn't feel comfortable at all. And I was like, I'm leaving. And people wouldn't understand. I'd have like Black Coffee. Black Coffee performed our space. And he asked, he asked my partners, where, where am I? I didn't want to be there. And my partners are like, call me like, hey, Black Coffee is asking for you. I'm like, hey, I just don't, I just don't feel like being at the venue I'll be there in the morning to check up you know everything else the business but the managers are there you guys are there I, I'm not needed I don't have to be there so I, yeah. I I literally at some point was not at the warehouse anymore now because my name is on the lease and my name as the owner of the property and everything else when and the licenses and everything so when issues happen I'll be at home at two o'clock in the morning getting a phone call at three o'clock and be like, there was a shooting or there was a stabbing or something happened at the venue. And that stuff was affecting me, like genuinely affecting me because I was getting to a, a good space. I was like, I'm sure people who, who talk about, like they look at my Instagram or whatever, they can see that I'm in a place of Zen. 
like in a good space. And those people who, who, who know me know I'm in a place of Zen. Yeah. And the thing that always kept on dragging me back, the thing that kept on pulling me back and taking me away, a space out of my, my Zen was this venue, was the space that I thought was my freedom. Yeah. yeah. So it was difficult. And then it took like one incident that happened last year. I'm not going to say what it is. That just said, you know what? I'd rather just sell it. I sell it to yeah. my partners because the other people wanted to buy it and they wanted to like spend like a good amount of money to buy it from me. But because my partners, I brought, I brought them on and they did air to me saying that, you know what? We don't want anyone else involved after this. Yeah. Cause it was just three of us. And like, we don't want anyone else involved. So I was like, if I bring someone else, it's not going to be fair. My partners who I brought in. Yeah. So I said, I made the offer to them and I offered them the space. And I said, you guys can have like my majority share, just take it and pay me what you think is fair or whatever. And we negotiated and came to a fee, which was a lot less than what, I would have been comfortable with, but for my sanity, I had to accept it. Yeah. And I had to be fair to them as well, considering that the timing was, we were still trying to recoup the cost of some, some of the stuff that we were developing because we had, had a major up, upgrade that we had just done. Yeah. And that sound system, that million rand sound system that, 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 that Rebel had given, Rebel was literally on like, on some tip, like we're going to take it back now. So we had yeah. to like consider that we're going to have to reinvest. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what? Give me this amount and I'll, and, and I can, and I can bounce and we agreed and, and they generally good people. So I was, I'm, I'm, I wasn't upset. So they paid me and they said they'll pay me back over a certain period of time. And they did. And I said, you know, to myself, I need to also look at financial longevity and invest in things that will make sense. So I said, you know, let me look at the stuff that I own, that I own, because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer in the Karl Marxist theory where the power comes with, with ownership of property. Mm. That's where power is. Like you, you, you can't say that you, you have power if you don't own anything. So I was the belief that say, okay, you know what? I need to put money or this money into things that I own. And I own my house. I'm like, okay, I own my house. Yeah. I'm going to upgrade my house. I'm going to just do everything, fix up, buy equipment, everything that I, that I buy. I'm, I must own that I use yeah. yeah, and I can use that to make extra income down the line because I always own it. Mm. So that's what I started doing. Mm. And that gave me some leeway of freedom, but it wasn't earning as quick as the previous money or the, the other revenue streams, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like straight money, straight money, slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, 
I had to adjust my mentality as well and say, okay, you know, at least my life, my overheads have cut down. So I always have this, this thing now of, of saying, if my revenue stream is not as fast or as big as I want it to be, I need to look at my life and what do I cut down? What is essential to yeah. cut down overheads? Because as long as your overheads are low, you don't need to be earning a lot of money. Yeah. You never need to worry. So that's, that's, that's how I've adjusted my life now since, since then is just say, you know what, I don't need high overheads. What do I care about? I care about traveling. I care about like being healthy. I care about how much do those things cost me? Not a lot. Because if you travel smartly, you, you don't pay a lot. Like people think that I, like I spend like millions or something, the amount of travel that I do. It's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost the same as those club gigs. Those, the, the, those, those clubs when I was buying bottles in the club. The same yeah. amount you'd spend buying those bottles for friends in one night and all that stuff. You could literally book a ticket and fly to India right now. So why are you doing that? I must say, even uh, the change, I I noticed that you still, you know, now and again, just stunt on them niggas. <laughs> I saw you kill them with them with the cinema there that you with the with the multi level cinema that you built. So I just want to to you know salute that uh, you know you're still killing the niggas, jabbing them now and again. So niggas might not shouldn't sleep on you. Yeah, but you know what's crazy about that that whole situation is that. I, I try to do that in this perspective of like if people, those people who know me know how much I love movies. I go to the cinema religiously, like to the cinema yeah. a lot. You were reviewing movies f- for a minute as well. You were reviewing movies even for a minute. Yeah, like yeah, for channel. a while, yeah. You're doing a lot of reviews, bro. Because I just love movies. Yeah. Like that was genuine just thing, a thing that I love doing. So, Can you believe this guy hasn't seen The Professional? You know the oh, professional. No. This guy hasn't seen the. Pro- he's a new. This guy watches generations of himself. What's up? That's Luke Besson's best movie. You have to see the professional. Serious? No, 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 no. Uh, continue, please, with what you're saying. <laughs> I, all I can say is, all I can say is. I, I did my honors in in cinematography and animation. So I'll leave that there. Okay. I'll leave that there. We, we, can, we can jab for movies. We can jab. Okay. Please proceed. Anyway. Continue, please, bro. My favorite movie in terms of cinematography, if you're a cinematographer, Road to Perdition. Watch that movie. Have you seen it? There we go. Ask him if he's seen it. Ask him if he's seen it. Please proceed. Anyway. <laughs> I see you. It's, it's hard, bro. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Anyway, yeah. so- so the whole cinema room thing, I literally documented and I recorded because I, like, that was actually the probably fourth project I was doing in my house in terms of renovations and things that I was investing back into my property. And I, I, I only did it and documented because I said, you know what, let me show people how you can do this thing yourself at affordable rate. Because it didn't cost me that much money to do it. It really didn't. Because at that point, I had learned and had now invested in the equipment that I needed to, to, to build it. And I said, you know what? I can do it myself. Because I had quotes before for a cinema room that cost like ridiculous amounts. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? 
what is required to actually do it yourself? And I went on YouTube and I started researching, watching many, many videos. And I was like, actually, this thing won't cost that much. I can do it. Yeah. And I did it. And then I want to show people that you can do the same thing. Like everything, even the studio, when I built my studio, I built it myself. Like literally the guys that, that I work with, the guys that work for me, like I literally got them to help me with one or two things, but the most, the majority of it was done with these two hands and my girlfriend. <laughs> shout out, shout out. You get what I'm saying? It's like the mentality has to shift where you say, you know, if you really want something, build it for yourself and own it. And you find that it doesn't cost as much as you think. So the same thing with traveling is like, it doesn't cost, a lot of people go to travel agencies. I made a mistake the first time I, I traveled uh, to America. I went to the agency. I, I went to the travel agency. I went to uh, a flight center. And I was like, okay, we want to be in New York for this long. We have a meeting mm. here. So you guys arrange everything. And they did. And we thought that was the way you do it. Lo and behold, I've been traveling. I've traveled to New York multiple times now since. And it's a lot cheaper if you just do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. If you go searching yeah. online and looking for accommodation and options online and use the apps that are available and all that stuff, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, a lot like cheaper. Airbnb will set you up nice. You know what I mean? And all those things are done if you just do it yourself. If you give overpower to other people, it end up costing you a lot more. So like, if, even I have this thing now when it comes to products, for example, I'm talking to you right now on my laptop. This is a, mm. a Apple MacBook. It costs so much in South Africa. Like it costs a lot. Like the, I, I wanted the top end at that time when I got this. And it's like, it costs a lot to buy it in South Africa. I was like, okay, uh, how much does it cost you? It costs 60 something thousand. I was like, damn, I'm not buying it yet. Uh, how, yeah. much does it cost, how much does it cost anywhere else in the world? I found that it costs in Bali 35000 mm. So what mm. is that? That tells me that's a holiday. <laughs> can, that's a holiday where I can spend that, that, that extra bit of money. <laughs> and you can go pick up. <laughs> and I can go pick up this thing. No, that's, a, that's a bar right there. Do you get it, it, and and <laughs> it's crazy because even iPhones, like people don't even know this. Like an iPhone here, for the cost of what it is to buy an iPhone in South Africa, like the brand new iPhone, if you buy like the iPhone 12, or let's say the iPhone 12, the cost that you pay here, you might as well just pay for a flight to New York, buy it, come back. Same yeah. same yeah. cost. No, 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 Ewan, there's a lot of miseducation um, that happens with these things. For example, I mean, guys like Ndaki will rather... They, have you left this continent before? I don't think he has. But we, you have guys who they, they think that things like traveling are expensive. But when you actually do, you actually find out the information, you start realizing that... Um, you know, that things are, you know, if you actually inform yourself, you start realizing that things are a lot more achievable, um, achievable, achievable, you yeah. know, so, so yeah. yeah. And, 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 if you, and if you start being wise about how you do it, because like, that, 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 like for me, it's I tie in the travel 
with business. Because I look at the right. cost yeah. that I can't avoid That's and fun. I say, okay, you know what? I can't avoid this, this cost. I have to get a good laptop for what I want to do. Yeah, if you tied in your so, travel to business. How do I do that? Get the laptop that I want with the travel. You know what I mean? And, and, I, yeah, and, yeah. and I get the advantage of both. So it's like, yeah, yeah. that's the principle with anything and everything. It's like you can literally finesse everything. You just got to learn how to finesse everything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the new project uh, that you have locked and loaded in the chamber. Uh, Teeth Swag here is the uh, Grand Vizier of... Uh, 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 can you hear us? No, you, you, you cut off. Yes, yes. No, you, you cut off. I can hear you now. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> he was about to talk nonsense. <laughs> we, we, uh, if we were to take a turn to your new project, uh, we've been pumping it yesterday, uh, today. Uh, it's, a, I think, a reflection of uh, where you are. One thing that caught us uh, was uh, the album cover. What inspired the sort of the cover, the project cover? Uh, we saw a specific uh, fuel station there uh, and it just popped to us and uh, we wondered why specifically, you know, that type of background. But give us the inspiration of uh, how you landed on the type of... Uh, uh, how he flew. Uh, and levitated <laughs> to, uh, to that project. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad that you guys actually pointed point those things out because like, there's small things that I put in that album cover that all my work have quadruple entendre messages. Like they, 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 mm. they multi-layered. Everything that yeah. I release or say on a song or that's, that, is my, that is my artistic expression. Is I multi, yeah, yeah. Like I have layers. And I don't try to explain it to people until they ask. And when they ask, I get, you're going to see, I'm, I get passionate because like it, it, mm. it, it gives me the opportunity to explain levels yeah. to people. So like the fuel station in the background, like I, I, I specifically used like, it's a Shell fuel station. Yeah. Very popular okay. in South Africa. So it's, so it's international, but it's popular in South Africa and it's yeah. well known in South Africa. A lot of people don't even know it's international. So right. I've traveled across the world and I found Shell in most places. In the weirdest places you find Shell, Shell garages everywhere. So that's why I specifically chose Shell because Shell yeah. is international everywhere. So it's yeah. part of what I want to be. I want to be everywhere and mm-hmm. be well-known here as well, but be there to fuel, if you want to say, <laughs> like, uh. but also the middle <laughs> of the road. Because the idea was the road, because I kind of put myself on the road. So it's like, yeah. you, we're on a journey. Like, yeah. I've been on this road to become A1 Wolf or the A1 Wolf that I want to be. I've been on this road. This, the album, a project is like a fuel stop, there's a stop, there's a moment to stop and whatever, and re energize and whatever, and refuel everyone else who's been following me on this journey. So here's your right. stop, here's your rest, your rest point. But the reason why I'm levitating and is the idea that I'm beyond the road now. Like, mm-hmm. like the conventional road is not for me. I'm levitating and I have an energetic connection to the moon. 
So the yeah. idea is that the moon has this 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 connection with wolves, yes, and it has like this whole vibration and connection with the earth and planet, and it affects the planet in terms of 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 its energy. Like it's yeah. it's, it's scientific. It's not even like a mythical thing. It's 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 actual. The moon affects the planet. It affects people yeah. here. It even affects women's menstruation cycles. It, mm. it, it has that mm. kind of mm. connection. So the idea is that I am now levitating to another sphere or plane of, of, of thinking that's not conventional. That is, not, that is off the beaten path. That is off. Hold on, hold on there, everyone. Okay, cool, cool. We got, got you back, back sorry. Yeah, so the idea of me levitating... Okay, okay. no, 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 you, you broke off a while, but yeah, we got you back. Oh, okay. So, so that's, that's, that's basically like the, 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 the main reason that the album art looks the way it does. And even in the, even in the stars, I've put like a, 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 a secret imprint in the background, if you look carefully, of the, of the, the main producer who produced the yeah. project... And the, the, the Earl main and, feature, yeah, Earl yeah. and Ray, and the, and the main feature I use consistently in the project. So the guy who's features the most in that project, uh, Ray. So I put them, I put them in yeah. the stars because that's actually, yeah, yeah. So so it's like on on the basis that yes, I have this connection, but like what's, what's these are doing? motivations or the reason why you. Yeah. I'm elevating to the state. Uh, and also tied to you breaking up. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Thank you, Mr. Arnold Phillips, for joining us back. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, talking to you as your accountant now. <laughs> This is your, yeah, your, your yeah, government yeah, name. Yeah, um, yeah. But please, uh, sorry, got cut off there. But uh, because uh, we spend a bit of time really analyzing, we even saw the two guys that you featured the most. I even said if it was my album cover, it would be Teeth Swag and uh, C-Funk at the back. Uh, what other aspects did you put uh, uh, like uh, uh, a bit of time and they were meaningful in you, for you in the, in the cover? Because it's quite interesting to... Yeah, to, you know. So the last thing what I was touching on was the was the the images up there as well. Also similar to the, um, the Lion King thing, you know, like yeah, yeah, them in the clouds. Like I, I even made a joke when I was doing the artwork because I was doing the artwork with them here, and I, and I was like, I was like, you you guys are the Mufasas. <laughs> To, yeah. to, to the <laughs> project right now. I'm not simply yeah. elevating to your guys' level. Like, yeah. I, like I, it was almost all for me as, as well, a respect of what I, I appreciate what they do. Because as much as people think that I'm yeah. the star or the bigger artist or whatever, I see them on a higher level than me. Yeah. That's why I want to In work. In terms of can I, can I just... In terms of relationships uh, with, uh, sorry, man. In terms no, of relationships with uh, your current stable of artists, how how is that uh, structured? Uh, I don't know if you follow more. It doesn't seem like you follow the label type of structure, but uh, you have a lot of people you're working with. How do you uh, uh, work with them? How do you ensure that everyone, from a legal perspective, you know, is is aware of what's going on? And uh, how is that really cool? Because it's a different type of structure to to yeah. pull off compared to more of a label and managing people. 
Yeah, so I did the whole record label route. I played the role of record label, did the management route. Um, it's not me. It just isn't. Um, yeah. It was one of the, also the avenues that I tried to look at when I did the warehouse. I tried to look, do the record label thing, but try and do a record label that's good for artists, that actually helps artists and in, in, focus more on helping the artists than just making a profit from the artist, but still making a profit. Um, so that route didn't work for me. Back to the point I was saying, I said earlier on, is that the whole musician thing is so difficult to manage musicians because they don't understand contracts or they don't yeah. really care for contracts and it strains relationships and it was part of the reason that's what strained the original Wolfpack uh, dynamic was we were very also like business oriented at that time like things had to like make business sense so when you have friendships and now the business side is kicking in people don't get touched. You know what I mean? When people are going to get touched when the business is like, oh, well, we have to take our money for this and we have to do that and this, this is how it works. You didn't cover yourself in that way in terms of the business. So what must happen? It's like, it's not, it's not our fault. We covered ourselves. Yeah. Mm. So that kind of created weird constraints and feelings and when people were given contracts to say, okay, now we need to have contracts to make things clear. People were like, well, I'm not signing because I've got all the benefits already. So screw you guys, you know, type yeah. of thing. It's like, oh, so despite everything we've done for you, you don't, you guys don't want to, then it what is what it is. It's fine. So people got touched. Pe- feelings were affected. And I realized, yeah. like, for me, I don't like that. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like having to make things weird because now we have to talk business. So when it comes to music and creating music and how I work with people now, it's, it's, it's straight up, I take care of the business in the beginning. I let them know in the beginning how it's going to work. No matter what happens on a song, if I work with you on a song, if we say you're doing a three-way three of us working on a song, it's going to be a three-way equal split. Yeah. No matter what happens. Yeah. doesn't matter if I do all the vocals. doesn't matter if I do all the beats. If, I, if we agreed, we're working on the song, all three of us, your contribution, you can literally give me one line. If you give me one line, you're equal shit. Because now we're not going to be making the song trying to compete on who's got the most contribution. Yeah. going to make things weird. It's going to make the song awkward because now you, everyone's going to fight for their version or their lines mm-hmm. to be taken and like, ah, oh, your line is yeah. whack. Oh, no, the, I, mm-hmm. I prefer yeah. my yeah. version, yeah. even though it, I know it's inferior. So immediately people will now rather have an inferior product because they just want to make sure they get the most. So yeah. I make yeah. that clear with, with guys I work with and then that's it. In terms of legal aspects and everything, it's like, okay, I'm going to register the song. And when the song is registered and the song is out, whatever, it's equal splits. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. go handle your publisher, how you want to work on that in your end, but everything is equal splits. So that's how I, I approach the business and the aspect side of, of, of the business aspect side of the music now.
and how I work with other people. Mm. We work together, it's equal. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. A1, bro, look, um, yeah, we, 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 we obviously have to we we have to wrap up. We have to wrap this up from our side, bro. Um and I think look, man, I, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna spam you and hold you to this because even when we were wanting to do this episode, we had this vision of doing a Durban episode. Like, you know, we've got our filming team. We actually wanted to find a way to film our podcast like on the beach with you, bro. So um my thing is bro we, we there's there's, there's, there's hopes of that you know if we like well not if but you know we've got a season three and whatever we need to find a way to get to durban and and because there's so much more stuff we want to actually ask you about you're doing so many interesting things bro um and i think it would be interesting for us just to catch up on the check and maybe you've got like an artist or whatever and we just sit and we talk about like the bag or whatever we'd be interested in doing that ducky oh for sure for sure i mean i can see the visuals already bro yeah yeah i know my six definitely six pack there uh, bring some shine to you niggas you know i look good (laughs) in a uh, tiger print uh, (laughs) so don't i'll carry you niggas real good yeah (laughs) yeah man but but i think bro yeah there's so many things we really did want to get to man but but um from my side man i'm yeah sincerely just appreciate you you know just giving your yeah giving your time to this i think it's been it's been just dope watching you grow and evolve bro and um you know just 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 you know get the bag but also just add so much more to the game to yeah. the city of durban to you know and and just open yourself up man and be easy to just um work with bro i'd i'd like to commend you on that if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't pick up anything ish no, ish Aish, no Aish. You. Ah, you don't want this. Yeah. You don't want this. You don't <laughs> want this. I don't know, Ndaki, if there's maybe anything you'd like to touch on with the wolf. One thing, uh, now that you've explained the cover with the meaning of the, the fuel station at the back, it perfectly aligns to the type of music that's in the project, which is not regional, and it's more of a, can fit in to an international audience. For me, once you describe that, I can see definitely where you are going. And it, it just shows that when you're making a project, it's a holistic thing. Uh, it's well thought out. It's not just a, a find a find a hit and then you stick it in there. <laughs> it's more of a, you know, a well thought out project from the cover to the tracks in there to the future to the sound. Uh, you know, it's, it makes perfect sense. So well done mm. to the project. Uh, I'm sure it will do very well. Uh, I'm sure with that, uh, I don't know what you're wearing there, man, but I think in Europe it will fly. If you were to land in Europe wearing that shit, man, uh, you're moving units. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. And and I think, bro, I, I, yeah, guys, please, maybe I just need to get this question off because I also think this could be interesting to see your perspective on this. Um, obviously, you know, I, I've I've played the song that you put out years ago. Um, this no competition song, you know, for people, which for me as a you know just as a rap fan, as a hip hop music fan, yeah. it's like you know, there's people who obviously are introduced to you now, but a lot of the time, I'm like, listen, bro, this guy's on a different tip. This guy can 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 spit when he wants to, you know, he can he can <laughs> do all this type of if he felt like it, but he's on a different trajectory, and a lot of artists struggle with 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 with, with that. I'm sure you yourself um have have you know you've got the brand the wolf you know what i'm saying the, the yeah. whether it's the rapper's rapper that career that you built and you've got where you are now um 
how are you you, you know how are you how are you just dealing with that as as, as an artist relay relaying that message of this is where i'm at now and this is who i was at then because people want you to be stuck in the past yeah. they want you they want you know what i'm saying they, they want you to be pouring champagne they want you yeah. you know and a lot of artists struggle with that relationship this is the direction i'm on this is where i was but this is my growth how are you just dealing with that bro well you have to have a, a tough skin a thick a thick skin because i definitely and it's funny that you point out like the no competition thing because like the no competition song or me rapping a no competition and rapping hard on that song was just a flex if you want to say anything else of my ability to rap like other people or the, uh, the, the guys who they call rappers, rappers or yeah, whatever, yeah. like the bars or whatever. Yeah. Like, but my bars in that song are way more complicated than even, even those so-called rappers who claim they have bars. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to mm. prove to them that, especially if uh, one day I'll have a whole episode where I explain that song because it has like multiple levels. So at that time, it was a matter of me trying to like have that and have that as a, as a point to prove. But now I, where I'm at right now is I don't even care because of the tough skin that I have. I know there's going to be people who doubt my ability or doubt my talent. It's a guaranteed thing. The only thing I need to focus on and know my clear vision and have blinkers on is what is the goal? Like, what is my goal? Is my goal to have bars and to be having everyone hype me up and say, oh my God, this guy's got the most bars? Or is my goal to have the most change or the most effective change in impacting and, and, and creating a change in people's lives? Because mm-hmm. that's what my goal is. I, I know what my goal is now. And if I start trying to flex and trying to like waste time on trying to like appease and make everybody happy, I'll end up losing the goal. Yeah. So I need to be able to take those shots and people be like, ah, A1, A1 off is wacky, can't rap. We're the bars, bro, we're the bars. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't need to even talk to you and tell you where, where the bars because it tells me that you don't know how to listen to music. Mm. So you need to get your game up. Or but if, if I'm talking to it. you, I, I, I'm literally wasting my time. Mm. So I need to know what I'm doing. And if I'm solid in what I'm doing, I'll, I'll never waste my time trying to explain myself to people. Bars. <laughs> That's, those are bars in themselves. Bars. <laughs> That's the moon right Anyone, there. <laughs> thanks a lot for taking the time to come uh, check us out, man, and uh, connecting with us, even though... Uh, you know, connectivity is a problem uh, recently, but uh, yeah. we stuck through it. We to pull off a nice, fantastic show. Uh, we'll definitely hook you up, uh, give you a shot when we're in Durban doing that, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Print uh, Speedo edition of Finance <laughs> for Hippies. Uh, we'll come through and uh, get some hot visuals and uh, get some, uh, you know, a good episode uh, where we're doing it face to face, which is usually much better. Keith? Yeah, man. No, 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 Wolf. Um, I think, yeah, man, we'll be in touch with you. Um, thank you so much for giving your time, bro. And and just keep at it, bro. I think I think we enjoy seeing you when this is our own little contribution to just 
saying keep just keep at it bro we're sure. it's not Thank easy you. out there um but you're working bro and i think a lot of people appreciate it and i i'm you know humbled to just keep see you keep moving so yeah yeah you know thank you for giving us the show and yeah let's 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 just continue man and yeah continue on your part for sure oh hey, thank you guys for having me on your podcast by the way your podcast is really dope because something people need to learn especially artists because yeah it's it's not easy being a hippie <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah, bro. So you gotta yeah, learn how to cheap, handle those finances, and you literally exactly. guys have figured out a niche that is necessary, and that's for me is back to the long game. Is yeah, a smart yeah. play. Now season twenty, bro. Season twenty is coming for sure. Yeah, we we here, bro, for a long time. All right. Nice. And, and with, with that, that, that's the final. Uh, it's not even the final show. We're coming back. That's for hippie. Pizza. 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 Tea swag and naki.